All right, welcome to another episode of Square Dance Callers Talking. I'm Charlie Petrie. Tonight, I have Scott Bennett out of Oklahoma. Um, Scott's going to tell you something about himself, but before he does, let me give him a little introduction. Scott is what I refer to as a five-tool player in sports. Scott, first of all, is a square dancer. He is a recording artist. He's a music producer. He is a musician, and he is a square dance caller. Bonus, he also, you know, he also owns the Yak Stack speaker uh, brand. So, how are you, Scott? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Charlie. How about you? I'm doing very good, sir. It is a pleasure getting to talk to you. Quick little story about uh, me and you. It, you probably don't remember it. It was a few years ago. Um, some convention. I don't. I think it was probably a caller lab. Um, I was new to calling. I knew a handful of folks out of the Atlanta area. I knew you through your music, um, yeah. through you know, um, your music labels. And so you were in a room sitting behind a table. I don't know what you were doing or whatever, but I walked in and I was just looking around and I was like, man, that, that's Scott Bennett right there. I, you know, yeah, I was, I was starstruck. I was like, he's got all this music. I love it. And he's sitting right there in front of me. And um, so that was awesome. And then since then we've been to conventions, we've run across each other and had some time to really get together and know each other. And um, so I was really looking forward to talking to you tonight, man. So, Scott, tell us about you. You're, what about your square dancing? When did you start? How many years have you been doing it? Let us know about you. Well, so I started square dancing uh, 40 years ago. Um, I was 17 years old. And then shortly after I got started square dancing, uh, I kind of took up the calling thing. As you said, I've got kind of a background in music, mm -hmm. uh, played music and sang and did a lot of things prior to, to the calling thing. And it just seemed kind of like a natural fit. I really liked the square dance thing and uh, the caller that was calling in the area where I learned to square dance uh, was, was a pretty good caller. He was really a very accomplished caller. And, and I kind of liked what he was doing and thought, well, you know, I might could do that. So I kind of tried my hand at it. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I've been calling almost 40 years. So. Wow. So now, how, square dancing itself, was that a family thing? How did you get brought into it, square dancing? Uh, when I moved to Oklahoma when I was 17, my dad and his wife were square dancing. <laughs> and uh, I had just come from Houston. I lived in Houston. And um, like I said, I, I played in a rock band and, you know, did that kind of thing. And I had really, really long hair at the time. And uh Anyway, I really thought I was going to go to the square dance and kind of make fun of it. Right. I thought, you know, oh, wow, this is going to be super hokey. You know, that was exactly what I expected to see. And and I got there and it really was not exactly what I expected. It was not really like what we see today so much, but it certainly wasn't as, as you know, I envisioned it would be, you know. Right. Uh, any, anyway, I got to the dance and there was a, a young lady there my, about my same age. And and she looked a lot like a prettier Heather Locklear, if you could imagine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I thought, hmm, well, I, I might like to stick around and, and do this for a little yeah. while. Uh, anyway, okay. um, so I, I, I hung around the square dance thing. I think I had about four lessons was about it. And then I, I started uh, dancing all the time. I didn't have uh, the rest of the mainstream lessons, didn't have plus lessons or advanced lessons. Just kind of got on the floor and learned it. You wow. Know, that's a, that's impressive by itself right there. And kind of watching and dancing and. 
figuring it out on the fly. Wow. So you decided to get into calling. And yes, um, did, were there any callers? That, I mean, it was a long time ago, but did anybody influence you with the, hey, do it this way, do it that way? Uh, locally, you know, the there were a lot of great callers in my area. Um, most of them were had such a busy schedule. They just really, you know, said, Scott, we like you. We love you, you know, yada, yada, but we really don't yeah. have time to work with you. So, true. you know, when I'd go visit their dance or whatever, they'd give me tips. I could talk to them. Right. And they, they would give me some really good answers, mostly very good answers. And, uh, but I was kind of on my own to learn. Um, I, it's funny, I, I'm going this weekend to see uh, Wade Drivers, uh, at Wade Driver at his retirement party. Yeah. And uh, he was probably my first, what I would call my first hero in Square Dance Column. That makes um, sense. It, uh, his music compared different than the other music that I heard that was out there. And um, anyway, uh, I went to a, a weekend festival that Wade was calling and, and Wade at the time, I mean, he had the voice, he had charisma, he was funny, his choreography was great. He knew how to entertain a crowd. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just remember thinking to myself at that time, if I could be, you know, even half that, right. you know, I could really be something. If I could just do about half of that. And, uh, you know, he just always impressed me. Yeah. And, um, you know, to this day, I mean, he's still got a great ear for music and, and, uh, he's, he, he's a, he's been a decent mentor. Okay. You know, I've so, had some other mentors and friends okay. and things, uh, since Wade, you know. Oh, well, I, I'll tell you a funny, little funny story. I tell this to some people and I hope uh, Tony doesn't get upset, but, I remember the first time I went to a weekend festival with Tony and Jerry Story, you know, and our friend Jerry's gone, but uh, went to see them, I don't know, a week or so after, you know, that I'd okay. seen Wade's weekend thing. And I got there and Tony was, and Jerry were accomplished callers. Don't, don't get me wrong. They've been calling for a while and were very good, but I'm, I mean, I met, met those guys, you know, 35, almost 40 years ago, okay. you know, and, I remember, uh, you know, Tony still had a great voice back then. I mean, you know, he's always had the voice and his choreography was kind of, oh, well, you know, it was okay, you know, yeah. um, and, and Jerry was just like choreo, 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 you know, I mean, he just could blow you away with that. Uh, singing, man, you know, he was okay. I'm not being ugly. He, he, yeah. was, he was all right. He didn't, he didn't make it, he didn't make bad sounds. It just wasn't everything it probably could be. Right. And I remember walking away from that event going, it took two of them to make one Wade. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. That's a good one. I shouldn't probably tell that to everybody. No, no, that's good. I, I told Jerry before he passed that story, and I'm pretty sure I've told Tony that story. And of course, both of those guys became, you know, good, really good friends of mine and, and uh, acted as mentors. And, you know, I learned a lot of things from all of those guys. Okay. So now, um, do you travel around now? You just call locally, or what are you what are you doing lately? I mostly mostly travel call. My schedule's a little little lighter lately. 
my job responsibilities are changing a lot and mm -hmm. I'm hoping to retire in a few years and I can get to uh, uh, calling quite a bit more, you know, okay. um, but I've traveled all over the, all over the place. Well, tell us about your um, record labels, what you're doing with that, what you got going. Well, so currently uh, we're kind of just on a little hiatus at the moment, you know, uh, not stopping, not quitting, just kind of taking a breather. Um, not, nothing just jumping up and getting me excited like, well, I really got to cut that song, you know, or, or, or whatever. And as you probably could guess, you know, square dancing still a little depressed, you know, <laughs> as far as callers and the nights they're calling and the crowds they're calling for, and they're probably not buying quite as much as they once were. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, just kind of giving it opportunity to, to perk back up, get the dancing back up and everything. Okay. Um, you know, the, the crest recordings label was designed uh, to be, it was kind of like my pet project of uh, trying to find music that was music more like music that I would like to have. Right. Uh, classic rock era type stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a little bit of classic rock starting to come out and uh, just just not a lot of it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I thought, well, you know, that's kind of my thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm I love the classic rock. I know you love the classic. Absolutely. Rock and and uh, my thinking was is, well, then that's going to be my. My thing, I'm going to try to to bring a lot more classic rock into uh, the square dance world. And, you know, um, I don't know. I think uh, in the Crest label, I've produced about 78 songs, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and, and those 78 songs, I did all, all of those myself. Uh, that was, like I said, kind of my pet project mm -hmm. and to bring classic rock into square dancing. And, you know, I, I think we've produced some really good tunes and maybe some that were, were great tunes, but maybe just Absolutely. not well known enough, you know, yeah. to, to be big hits. And then uh, to kind of help that along, I started the Acme recording label mm -hmm. and the Acme recording label was, was um, not really classic rock, but classic songs, mm -hmm. you know, things from the seventies, the things from the eighties, things that might've been, you know, not specific genre like rock it could be kind of a soft rock or country or right. something and then i had a couple of friends that you know i've i've had record songs mm -hmm. on the acme label okay. you know, and invited guests you know other producers friends heroes yeah. to come in and recall and and uh, do that kind of thing and then i started this uh, peak recordings label and that was for opportunity for people you know, kind of getting started, okay. you know, just wanting, they had a song they wanted to do and they wanted someone to help them produce it and, mm -hmm. and put it together. And that's what the peak recordings label. Okay. And I kind of jokingly said, well, all of those are the top, you know, the crest is the top, the <laughs> yeah. acme is the top, the peak's the top. Right. And if you take the acronym of CA and P, well, that's the cap. That's yeah. also the top. So there you go. That, that's brilliant. That's really good. I didn't, I've never put that together. That's outstanding. Um, I will tell you one of my um, memories of that um, in Atlanta when we had the national convention here. Um, and I got, what's that? Oh, I said, yes, sir. I remember. Oh, I was okay. Yeah. Um, and you were the MC with the Ghost Riders band when my time came up. Yes, and uh, I did 
uh, Simple Man, Leonard Skinner. Um, And that was such an honor, first of all, for you to be emceeing it. And it's one that you recorded. And uh, when I was up there, and I don't know if you've watched that video, I've watched it a thousand times on YouTube and everything's had a buddy of mine record it. And it, toward the very end, you're kind of singing it off to the side over by the oh, stairs. Am I? <laughs> and I was, I was just like, man, that, that was one of my best memories of all going back because I, I really felt good with the song after I was done with it. And then I was like, and that was Scott's song. He's the one that put it out. So that was, that was a big moment for me. Well, that's, that's funny. I don't, I've seen the, I've seen your video of you singing that song, but I, I if you, if, if I you go back and watch it, it right toward the end, you're kind of off to the side and you've got the paper in your hand and you were singing it. And I was like, that's awesome. He's into the song and I'm right here doing it. So <laughs> go. man, that's, that's awesome. That's a great song with the band too. They oh, it is. Job on it. It's phenomenal. It's, it's a pretty good crowd pleaser. So yeah. Uh, and, and when you even now when I go to dances um, and, and I'm doing a dance and it's somewhere I've never been and I pull that out, I'm like, hey, this this is a Leonard Skinner song. It, you know, some of the people in the crowds are like, what? And then they hear it and a lot some of them will recognize it. Not. Yeah. But yeah, just like you were saying, you know, it's it's you don't hear that kind of music. Um, you you hear it more now from some of the record labels. Right. Um, but yours is one of the first. And now you got the, the the throwbacks and all that coming out. Right. Phenomenal music, and it's stuff that people have heard. Um, right. And that's great. And that's really what kind of got me into it, deeper into it. I liked the Square Dance Calling when I started it. But then your music and everybody else's record labels that are coming out with some of this, you know, r- real bands actually going in there and recording it. Um, right. Now, what, what instruments do you play? Uh, I play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um my keyboard skills are pretty limited, but I can do a little keyboard. But um, as um, as my calling got busier, my guitar playing got less and less. Right. So um, as you can imagine, it was kind of hard to be, you know, a master of both of those crafts, yeah. you know. So I keep a guitar here by my chair all the time and I pick it up and play it about every night. Wow. Um, my playing has really suffered, you know, I, I mean, I could accompany myself a little bit, but I, I very seldom put myself on a recording because, you know, I just, I, I pay guys that are really, really good to do that. Yeah. You know, I did allow myself the luxury of recording uh, guitar work on uh, the Yasaxi thing mm-hmm. the that I did the patter record too. Okay. I play I played all the guitar parts in that. No, okay. Played played all the rhythm tracks and the line and the melodies and, wow. and everything for guitar parts in that. So, you know, that was one song. I said, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play all the parts in that. Right. You know? So I have my own little studio here at home and mm-hmm. that's where I do all of my vocal recordings and stuff. Okay. I just played the guitar in the same same studio. I, I can hook uh-huh. up to do that. That's awesome. Sent it to to my guy in Houston, and he mixed it all in and okay. fixed it up. That was good, clean fun. So, um, I I had a friend of mine that I was talking to, and I told him that I was going to be talking to you tonight, and he said to yeah. make sure to ask you, um, what your your process from whether in your car sitting at home just thinking about music, what is the process from hey let's do let's make that a square dance song. Well, that's that's a cool question. Uh, there's several things that go through my mind when I start trying to put that together. Is the first one is is this something that 
I, I think could further the activity. You know, if it's, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. If it's just a song to be cut, just to be cut, mm -hmm. I'm probably not jumping up and down to do that. You know, is there is there something I think, you know, well, I could use this to create this particular feel or this particular thing. Uh, I'm looking for um, something that people will go, wow, I never thought we would square dance to Leonard Skinner, you know, or, uh, or ZZ Top or, or whatever, you know. That's one thing that I look at, you know. I have to look at the, the tempo, you know, that's kind of after I think, well, this song could do us justice. It could do a good thing for our activity. It's well known enough for that sort of thing, made it into top 40 or something like that. People probably in our age group have heard right. it. You know, right. I think that's important if we're trying to reach people our age, roughly our age, yeah. uh, then we should be playing music they know. Yeah, absolutely. If that's the group we're after. Mm -hmm. So once I've determined that, you know, that fits that criteria, then the next thing is the tempo anywhere in the vicinity. Right. You know, and what I mean by that is uh, you can almost always speed one up, mm -hmm. but you should probably never really slow one down. Slow it down. Okay. Slowing it down is a real killer. Uh, so like you listen to a song and you go, man, I just love that groove and it just pumps me up. Well, but it's 145 beats per minute. Yeah. So then you try to slow it down to square dance tempo. And then the thing you loved about its energy just went out the window. Right. You know, another problem that we run into is it in a, is it in a range where the majority of callers could, could sing it? Right. You know, um, some, some callers have a really, really big range, a good range, and can sing a lot of different things. And in some callers, you know, their their range isn't really wide. Right. You know, so you have to make sure that it's not a super wide range, you know, or that you can show them in your recording another way to handle the range so that they could sing it differently, perhaps. Um, you have to make sure that that fits. So just like I was saying with the tempo, if you slow the tempo way down, it kind of kills it. Well, the other thing is um, uh, the loss of energy is that pitch. Now we were talking about range, you know, how wide it is and notes. Well, where it sets changes things. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to see, sing a Steve Perry song and, and sing it like uh, Perry Como. Right. You know, you, you, you know, you know, who's crying now? That would sound so, you know, to me, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I can't true. sing Steve Perry. You know, I don't know of any square dance caller that can sing. No, no, really, it, really, it, it, it's rough. With the, with the level, with the energy and, and the, the tonal qualities of Steve Perry, you, I can't do it. We can't do it. Right. There's not really any callers that can do it. So by the time you bring that pitch down to where we could at least sing the song well then it lost some of its energy as yeah. well some of the energy was in the drive in that that register you right. know that he sings it so mm, that kind of hurts it too so yeah. can i get it in a register where it feels right, right. you know 
that's important. Uh, can I make the rhythm still dance and then still give me the flavor of the original? And that's something that I don't want to just sit here and pat myself on the back, but that's something I've always strived for. That if you start that song within a bar or so, you should know what song that was. Yeah, I agree. If you, if you didn't, if you didn't know, then either you didn't know the song or I didn't do my job. Right. You know, me, me and Buzzy Smith, uh, the studio that I use, and the players that we bring in, we all have that same philosophy. We want it to feel like and sound like the original song. And uh, can I do that or not? You know, so when all of those criteria pass, then, you know, can I start counting it? You know, can I divide this up in 16 bar, you know, right. uh, sections so that I can create a verse, create a chorus, create opener, middle break, closer, et cetera. You know, can I do it? Yeah. Does it work? You know, and then I start working that out. So, you know, I have to suss a song out sometimes for, for quite a little while. And I may have to, you know, play it several times before I'm satisfied that it's a good song to cut and that it really would work. What I like about um, some of your stuff is you, some of yours, you let the instruments, there's parts of it, like in, in the middle break, you'll just have a saxophone or something. You don't even have right. to sing over it um, right. or an opener. Um, uh, the John Cougar, um, not even done with the night. I forget the actual. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's got a big open um, right. and it's just the music and you can just let it play. And it, it, like you said, as soon as it hits, I know that song because you I'm a John Cougar fan. Song. You know, yeah. um, and anybody who's even remotely a John Cougar Mellencamp fan, John Mellencamp, recognize would, would recognize it immediately. And um, and and so that's unique to you. Uh, some of the instruments you use just to let the song play. You don't have to sing um, parts of it, which is phenomenal. I love doing that. Um, and the music's great. You know, um, so yeah, those guys really strive to. If there's a signature lick, mm -hmm. you know, something about it, like. Uh, I'll use Baker Street as an example. Yeah, that's another one. That sax part in the beginning of the real song, Baker Street. When my sax guy played that, I mean, he played it note for note. Mm -hmm. It's even in the same key, so that helped. But he, he sang it or played it uh, on the sax note for note. I mean, it's exactly the mm -hmm. same. When you hear that, you know, oh, my gosh, yep. that's Baker Street. Yep. When we can use the real instruments that fit the exact lick you know so mm -hmm. like if it's a like you mentioned you know there's a big solo a guitar solo mm -hmm. well my guitar guy's gonna play that solo almost note for note my piano guy's gonna do it or the sax guy's gonna do right. it we try to copy those licks when we use them it's close to the original if you know the song you'll recognize that, mm -hmm. that style that was the thing that sold me on simple man i mean the beginning yeah. of simple man you would think you're just listening to the radio and it's coming on and it's just, it's amazing. Um, it's great music, Scott. It really is. Well, thank you, Charlie. So, I appreciate it. Um, I ask everybody and you've been doing it for, you know, 40 years now. Do you have a favorite call when you're out there? Plus advanced mainstream. You, you know, um, uh, that's an interesting question. I wish I had a great answer for that. I, I like uh, all of those levels for different reasons, mm -hmm. you know? So if I want to, um, 
go into a group and uh, play and play with them and build up the enthusiasm and the excitement, you know, right. the mainstream, basic, uh, SSD even, you know, uh, type crowds. Uh, most of the time they just want to play. They, they don't care about getting challenged a whole lot. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You give them a nice smooth flowing dance and keep them moving, keep good energy in it and, and play some really good music. They're going to walk away just, just grinning and smiling. Mm -hmm. You get into plus and plus, and I don't mean this to be negative at all, but you have different types of plus dancers. You've got some plus dancers that they, they want that to be very smooth material. They want everything nice and smooth. They want varying, you know, but flowing, you know, material. They don't, they don't care so much about, you know, flip the widget into a whatever. Right. They, right. they just, they just want to dance. They want to, to feel the wind in their face and they just want to dance. Mm -hmm. And they like a little bit of energy. They're, they're good with the little high energy and, and that kind of stuff. So they're a little different crowd, but then you have some plus dancers that they, that's where some of them start to like that more complicated material, mm -hmm. you know, well, I, which I enjoy calling that. Don't, don't get me wrong, but that's a different type of enjoyment right. for, for me. One, I feel more like I put on an entertainer hat and I'm going to sing and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to smile and I'm going to get them. And then the other one is like, all right, you ready for something? But, you know, let's see, let's see how you like this. Yeah. I, my attitude has to change a little bit. I, I've become a little, a little uh, tougher, you know, in the way that I deliver things. Okay. Uh, so that's fun just in a different way. And advanced is similar, you mm -hmm. know, the advanced, you know, you, um, you know, I try to give nice fluent, flowing choreography and but then still throw them a zinger every now and then so yeah. that they they have to think you know because they okay. they appreciate that advanced especially advanced and challenged people seem to really appreciate a thinker okay you know that the, they don't care so much about the singing calls and enthusiasm and excitement they yeah. just they want the choreography yeah they just want to go out there and work and, and i don't mean that negative either that's just, that's what they're looking for. They're okay. more interested, typically more interested in, you know, how did you do that again? Show me that again. Yeah. You know, they want to see, see something different. Um, starting out when you did and basically learning on the fly um, to dance in the call today, and you've been doing it for so long. I mean, I guess I, I probably know the answer, but do you consider yourself a site caller or memory or module or do you just do all of them or what? Uh, the all of them is probably the closest to right answer. Uh, and you'll find that uh, probably the vast majority of callers uh, are going to give you a similar answer. Yeah. You know, if not, some of them might be story into you a little bit. I'm, I'm just teasing. No, I, don't, I, don't. Uh, it, I think I think it takes a little bit of all of that. You know, I think that you have to have uh, some memory, uh, some modules, you know, committed to memory. Uh, I think that I, I started calling and I used very few modules. I didn't really know modules and no one taught me like site resolution techniques. I just looked at the floor and figured it out on the fly and I, I still, my site calling, I know all the methods because I teach them, you know, all the different site calling resolution techniques. I'm familiar with all of them, but I still basically use the same system 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at the floor and I just identify what I want to see and where, and then I just manipulate the dancers to go where it is that I want. I don't want anyone to notice when I change from calling mode to, re, you know, uh, getting out mode. Resolution, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't want them to notice. Like, oh, he's looking. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to ever know I'm looking, you right. know, that it ought to go pretty smooth from calling to getting out, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, I try real hard not to ever let that show that it's okay. all one thing. So you have to sometimes be thinking a couple of calls ahead of where you actually are, mm-hmm. you know, to be sure that you're you're leading down the right path so you don't have to stop. Okay. If I'm dancing and a caller's calling stop and go, that's a hard night for me. No, yeah. And I try my best not to call stop and go. And I certainly don't want to change my delivery just because I'm trying to resolve. Okay. Uh, but the combination of, of some modules, you know, mostly get outs um, and some setups for different things. Or if there's a particular uh, gimmicky kind of thing, I don't use a lot of gimmicks, but right. gimmicky kind of thing I want to do. It has maybe a start to a finish, mm-hmm. you know, thing that, that I would use. Well, you have to remember those things. So we're right. all relying on memory. Uh, I think sight, where that's the biggest positive about sight and the biggest negative is that you have the ability to do just about anything you want to do that's the positive side of that the negative side is is so few of us actually do much more with it than just round and round in the same little little thing you know i'm as guilty as anybody Mm -hmm. you know so if we were actually using that tool as a tool and not a crutch yeah. And actually saying, okay, well, hey, I could take them over here and woo, I could do this and I could do that. The problem is, is very few really do, yeah. you know, without adding modules or adding, you know, so the, I think the most accomplished callers probably use so much of all of those things, you know, modules, memory, sight, you know, uh, maybe a little mental image, even some yeah. of them, you know, I don't use that so much, but. I understand it. Um, I think that every caller should be striving to um, improve their skills. You know, whatever, if you've got something that you're really, really good at, well, then hang on to that and bump it up. If you got something you're weak in, well, that's the thing you probably ought to spend in the most of your time. Oh, yeah. You know, fixing the, the, the weaknesses. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Finding better ways to do stuff. Yeah. Once you uh, you get deep into this and you see all the different levels and you, you can see it because when you're first starting out, you just think, man, I can do singing calls. I'm good to go. And yeah. I, I learned a long time ago, whether it be a caller schools or whatever. And I look, if, if you want to be considered a good caller, you've got to do pattern. You've got to be good at it. Um, you know, because starting out, I was just like, well, I just I'll just do all singing calls. That's all I'll ever do. And but you can't. And the, the guy that was working with me years ago, he was he said, no, you've got to do some pattern and get better at it. And it's a confidence level. Now, you know, walking into a club dance or uh, a guest tip or whatever, five, six years ago for me, you know, I, I was scared to death. You know, right. I was just like, let me do this, this and this. And Alaman left. And um, now I go in and I take a look. I'm like, all right, let's just square through. There's my corner. Let's just work with that a minute. And so there's more confidence to it. And, you know, each time I go out, it's a little bit better. Well, sure. Uh, and, that, and that's what you strive for. And you know what? People in your area, that's what they're going to be watching for. Yep. They'll say that, Charlie, you know what? 
you know, he's working at it. I can see improvement. Or I can you see, know, man, I, he's doing more and more all the time. Since I've, I've got a club and everything now, I call a lot more often. I mean, I call two, three times a month um, on average. Um, and what gets me, and I, it's a compliment, yes, but a, a dancer that I've known for five, six years, I'll come up and I'll go, God, you have gotten so much better. And I thought, well, how bad was I? I mean, you only been dancing to me for three years. They're like, wow, you were just a different caller. And I was like, I'm not that different. But no, I do appreciate it. And you do. It's a level of confidence that you can see when somebody it makes goes all, It makes all the difference. You know? It does. It makes all the difference. If somebody goes in there and they start and it sounds like they're asking questions, mm-hmm. square through, you know, yeah. or if they go in there and square through, come on, let's yeah. go. You know, yeah. one of them's got confidence and one of them's kind of like, eh, you know, the procedure, what I'm doing. You know? Yeah, I oh, know. I get you. The answer feel different for sure. They they feel that difference. Yeah. And, you know, and you can one see of the great things about Jerry's story was uh, he had a way of just wrapping that crowd in his hand. You know, <laughs> I mean, he just, he'd walk in, he'd start smiling, he'd start calling. And it was command. It wasn't barking an order, but it was a command. And they knew he expected them to do it. And he would reward them for doing it in the way that he responded to them in return. And he just had this command over the the floor that not too many callers have ever had, like like what he had. You know, I mean, there's some great callers. I mean, some really awesome callers. And you know who I'm talking about. There's (laughs) a bunch of them out there. Uh, but Jerry just had this way of taking control of a floor that I hadn't seen too many able to able to duplicate. So I, I never I never got to dance to him, um, yeah. but uh, I, I went to a couple of caller schools um, at the conventions that he was a part of. So I got to meet him, and um, I've watched a ton of YouTube video of him. Um, oh right, yeah. and so. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's impressive just to sit and listen to. Um, unfortunately, I never got to actually dance in front of him. Um, that would have been nice. But no, he was phenomenal. Probably his, yeah, I wish you could have known good. him. wish you could have known him, danced to him, especially in his prime. You know, yeah. when when he just, I mean, him and Tony together, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony Oxendine is one of the best callers on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jerry was too. The two of them together, you know, separately they were awesome together they were something like you and just I, couldn't hardly imagine i watched some of those pride videos with the two of them mm-hmm. up there and you're just like man i can't imagine what it'd be like just to go there and dance yeah. one night so yeah. so um th- tell me a little bit about uh yak stack you got that a couple of years ago well yeah it's been a few years now um yak stack you know has been around since the 60s mm-hmm. the the start of the company um the the original design was designed in such a way that you you could uh deliver the majority of the voice uh through higher frequency uh speaker elements and that you could aim the voice at a particular spot and it would drive and move clearly to the back of the hall you know so imagine the size of the halls that we used to have 40 years ago when i first started calling in Lawton, Oklahoma, where I live, uh, on a Friday night, heck, even on a Wednesday night, you know, a Wednesday night, I could have 20 squares, yeah. you know, just here in a town of, at the time, probably only 85,000 people or so at the time, you know, and you could have 20 squares on Wednesday night, 25 on Friday night, you know, I mean, it just was a whole different world then. 
Well, you had to be able to get the sound out to a particular place in the hall so that everybody could hear. And uh, when uh, Irvin Gross uh, originally designed that, his mentality was that he was going to drive all of the sound into high frequency and then push it where it could get to the back of the hall. I'm okay. keeping that on a sim simple side yeah, yeah. there. Uh, but what I found is with today's music, uh, so much was lost in driving everything to high frequency. If I've got a bass guitar that's playing this really great riff and you can't hear it because the speakers aren't reproducing that, that, that lower bass line mm -hmm. or the drums aren't standing out the way I wanted it because they're, the speakers don't have any bottom end to them. And uh, I find that in today's world, uh, so many people uh, of age, especially, are, are wearing hearing aids. Mm -hmm. And the main part of most people's hearing loss is in the higher frequencies. So they're putting in these hearing aids to recover the high frequency, and that's the majority of what's being amplified into their ear. So you come in with an older yak stack that's really bright, and you turn that on and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, their eyes are squinting because their ears can't squint. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so loud. Well, it's not really that it's so loud. It's just very bright to their ear. It is loud in their head because their, their hearing aids amplifying the bright thing. And my the old speakers were putting out the bright thing. Gotcha. So the first thing that I wanted to do was kind of change some of the frequencies that were coming through the speaker mm -hmm. and uh not putting down the wood grain look but it kind of looked a little dated yeah. you know back in the 60s that look all the way to just before i took over mm -hmm. um it kind of jokingly kind of looked like wood paneling yeah you know and if you watch some of these um home improvement shows first thing they do if it's got wood paneling they rip it's it down the wood and paneling that's right so that was kind of what i did i took down the wood paneling and and put on this uh kind of marble mm -hmm. you know a granite kind of effect you know kind of yeah. from mica which did two things one is it changed the look but it also changed the tonal quality of the cabinet okay. the older yaks if you stand beside them or behind them you could hear almost as good as you hear up in front of them I mean, there was a lot of sound coming out from the sides and the back of the cabinet. This Formica layer that's on there is sealing the cabinet exterior a little better. So you don't hear as much from the back and the sides as you did in the old ones, sending almost all the sound outward out the front. Okay. So I'm still, okay. I'm still delivering more uh, sound in the high frequencies for the voice to be clear, but giving you uh, the opportunity to use a lot of lower frequencies if you want them, yeah. uh, so that the music can can sound better, uh, give you more low end and, and still have the high end and, and make everything sound the way that you want. Uh, and I'm certainly not sitting here trying to talk anybody into buying it. Right, no, I get you, I get you. I mean, uh, that's not my, my intent there, but uh, a person should hear one. If you haven't heard a new yet, compared to an older style yet, it's night and day difference. Okay. Uh, because the it's just, they look different, they sound different. Um, they, I, I don't know. I find that 
that the more I use the ones that I have and I, I practice what I preach, I use what I, what I build and sell, but um, it just, once you get used to the tonal qualities of that, it's hard to go back to an old guy. Right. It's very different sounding to you. And, okay. Uh, at Collar Lab, I usually have a display set up. So if you haven't looked at it, you should come by. You're going to Collar Lab. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about that. I'm going. I'm, I know you'll be there uh, in Reno. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. That's when I get to see all of y'all because. It's rare yeah. that you get around to Georgia, and it's rare that I get out toward <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, that's um, true. So Nashville's one day. a color lab. That's a yeah. good day. So color lab or a convention here and there. Um, so we'll definitely check that out. Um, what what um what's your social media? Facebook, YouTube, anything you want to put out there so people can find uh, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You know, you could just look me up on Facebook. I don't do any of the other social medias. Um, I'm not trying to necessarily sell anything here either but during covid you know i wasn't calling square dancing and i wasn't uh, calling or producing music or you know any of that kind of stuff i decided to uh, make a cover cd okay and uh being the musicians i use for all of my square dance music we got together and and we recorded 11 tracks mm -hmm. of uh, 70s a little bit of 80s there might be even a 90s in there or two but um you know classic rock uh soft rock a little, there's a little variety of everything on this uh deal i put um it out for sale and uh put it out on all the the things like spotify and apple music and and, and those types of sources and you could go to scottrecordings.com okay and any streaming service that you like you could click on it and then take you to uh, whatever streaming service you like okay. to use. Okay. Um, one of the songs on that CD that, that I did has recently gone over 20,000 hits on Spotify. Wow. That's all. What song was it? 20,000 streams. Yeah. That's fantastic. So that's, that's kind of, I'm proud of that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Gosh, that is proud. I, I knew you put one out. Um, so I'll go check that out. I listened to a couple yeah. of them right when you put it out. So, um, we got Caller Lab coming up. Of course, yes, you're going to be at the National Convention in oh, Alabama. Yeah. Okay. And what Alabama got to be there. <laughs> what else uh, What else you got coming up? You got anything coming up dance-wise for yourself? Oh, yeah. You know, there's festivals around the country from here or there that I've got. We've got the big cruise. I'm sure most of you guys mm -hmm. know about the cruise uh, next year. Um, $14 and a cure. That's going to be a pretty big yeah, event. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're all, her, my wife and I are already signed up. We're ready to roll. All right. I'll so be looking, looking forward, forward to, to seeing her. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, They told me the other day we got like 73 squares signed up. Yeah, um, I, I, I was talking to Justin and um, Justin Russell, and he said last it was 70 that he heard of, so it's probably 73 by now. Yeah, just not that long ago. Um, I think they're kind of putting it on uh, where – you know, uh, waiting list. Mm -hmm. uh, if you tried to call up, I think it'd be waiting list. Yeah. So luckily we went ahead and got it and, um, we, we got our, my wife did it all sweet. I don't know what we're doing, but, uh, I just want to be on the boat with all y'all. So looking oh, forward, be to, that. Fun. Yeah, looking we'll forward to that in the, in the after parties, uh, it's the big thing. <laughs> so, um, well, Scott, it's awesome. Can I call you Bubba by the way? Oh yeah. I know the close people do. I just wanted to make sure I was there. 
I mean, we've known each other for a few years. Your Jerry story um, heard my wife one time call me Bubba. Okay. Know? She doesn't really, really call me Bubba like that was her name for me or whatever. But she said, what do you think about that, Bubba? You know, like that. And <laughs> Jerry's story goes, Bubba, huh? And he started calling me Bubba. I mean, that's where it started. He died. He called me Bubba, you know, and and uh, Tony picked up on it, called me Bubba. And then people I don't even know just come up to me. How you doing, Bubba? That, you know, I heard that at a couple of conventions. I'd hear people claim. I was like, well, I guess that's what they call him. Uh, I didn't know that's where it originated. That's fantastic. I had no idea. Uh, that's all good. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, if, if people don't know me too well at all, they call me Bubba. I, I kind of go, hmm, okay. Well, let's see. That's why I wanted to make sure I could call, call you. You that. could call okay. me Bubba. I appreciate, it, I appreciate it, but I will let her know that. Um, <laughs> well, man, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'd like to talk to you more often. Um, oh, anytime. Yeah, so, um, uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, okay. And so, man, again, the show is, or this podcast is um, Square Dance Callers Talking. And um, it's on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music. Under that under that title, you can also look for me on Charlie Petrie Square Dance Caller. Um, Scott Bennett's on Facebook also. Crest, Acme, and Peak. They sure. they form a uh, cap, which is the top. Yeah. Did not know yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. that, that that's why I was telling you before we started this, that I wanted to do this podcast because I met so many people, uh, Square Dance Callers, and there's so many stories out there that dancers don't get to hear people that don't experience whatever so um that's phenomenal the story about jerry's story coming up with a nickname for you and how your record labels are set up man that's awesome scott brother i will see you in a couple of weeks at caller lab yeah i'll um, be looking forward to that we'll, we'll get together and hang out That'd absolutely absolutely we got some after dance stuff to tend to so uh oh yeah that has to happen too <laughs> Uh, come come by the, the Yak Stack booth, and I'll show you the difference between old and new Yak Stack. I will be right there, brother. You know you that. You get to hear it with your own ear. Okay. Scott, a pleasure as always, brother. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. All right, Charlie. I look forward to it. Thank you for asking me to do this. This was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, buddy. Bye-bye.